Welcome to the December 7th edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. You're listening to this on December 8th in the morning, but we're recording this on Monday evening. And I've got to tell you, Ben, I am, I'm floating. I'm actually not even sitting in my chair right now. I'm floating on air. And the reason I'm floating on air is that finally, finally, people are starting to realize that the Pittsburgh Steelers were dramatically overrated. They're just not very good. Their offense isn't very good. Their defense played a bunch of really bad teams. They played another not so great team today. They couldn't beat them. Ben Roethlisberger lacks solid glute strength and core awareness, uh, and they paid the price. Yeah, I mean, we've been kind of harping on it since week four, but they did get beat by, you know, Alex Smith, who you, you know, can think what you want about him, but then they were featured, you know, J.D. McKissick and Logan Thompson are your best two offense weapons. Number one rated defense can't stop them. So, um, I don't know. I think you definitely should feel vindicated, uh, and I think... You know, they still probably are in line for the number one seed if they don't take away another game. But at this point, I'm not too hey, sure what your expectations are. So we'll see. But they have the Bills next week. They have the Bills next week. And Josh Allen is looking uh, pretty spicy here on Monday Night Football, to say the least, at this point in time. So um, I don't know. I heard you had them as the fourth best team in the NFL yesterday, even before this game. I do have to give you credit for that because I do think that's probably how uh, things are going to align here as we head into week 14, don't you? I was trying to think about it because Eric and I were talking about this and like I, I just feel as though this season in particular we've been hanging on each week because right. you never know if you're going to get another week and to that end it's been very much like the Chiefs are number one and then two through nine is whoever won impressively this past week right. Right. and like you never really want to think that way I mean the Titans won impressively one week probably should have seen the letdown spot against Cleveland we talked about this right and they, they lose and it's like well am I really going to downgrade them a ton I kind of expected this and so looking at a team before they played in a week I think is a really solid way to try and evaluate it and that's what I was thinking about with the Bills and here's what I keep coming back to with the Bills and they have they're unlike the Titans they have a dynamic passing game that's not as reliant on play action and they don't run the ball a heinous amount in right. early downs. Right. And I mean, Cole Beasley looks like a uh, fucking spicy out here as well. And of course, <laughs> Stefan Diggs, you know, I mean, they are distributing the ball. They have 23 pass attempts already in the first half um, and they're moving the ball really effectively. So I do agree with you on that. And it, just in general, um, kind of what you said about like the recency bias, not reacting to like, you know, the, most recent weeks sort of thing that is kind of how i've been approaching at least from a betting perspective um how i've been handling games i've actually been mainly targeting look ahead lines and stuff like mm -hmm. that for the next week so i'd already basically be looking um you know i've already basically bet the majority of games that i'm probably going to bet for week 14 if there's something else that moves after i might take advantage of it but it worked out you know quite well for me even in week 13 i think i was on the browns at plus three and a half obviously i didn't get a good number on that but i do think um our general understanding and lean of that browns titans game definitely came into fruition even if the Browns you know kind of had to hang on there at the end so um, just a little bit about you know general ideas of how to kind of approach these games I know some people are nervous about you know betting games too far in advance you could get the worst signs for certain situations but I think that's basically uh, more of a luck driven thing that you just kind of have to remove from your overall process and decision making so it's interesting but no it's a good point the earlier that you can get something the less that uh, public knowledge has been able to influence it and the interesting thing about the the Steelers football team game 
was that the Steelers were a 10-point favorite. Then they got exposed against Trace McSorley and the Baltimore Ravens with like their practice squad, which, I mean, I was ready to victory lap after that game, to be perfectly honest with you, because it was not uh, particularly impressive. Um, But, uh, and that, you know, so that got all the way down to five and a half by the time the game kicked off. So clearly people had, uh, had cued into it. But I mean, expecting a team that was squeaking by mediocre teams with a you know a quarterback who's as i said before like 15 through 22 you cannot watch ben roethlisberger and tell me he's anything better than that i I just don't know what's so impressive about what he's doing um besides the fact that he's still playing which is impressive just like the fact that alex smith is still playing is impressive right Um, i think i think it has a lot more to do with the receiving unit i think has been basically the majority of his success at this point which is what i would side with so and they've let him down the past couple of weeks and he has not been and the drops thing yeah overcome it yeah anyways let's uh let's jump into uh next week because there's uh there's some fun games here the only downside uh to um the number of games that are happening late uh, in this week with the Tuesday nighter and the late Monday nighter is that there might be a little less uh, actually available to bet. But we could talk about Dallas-Baltimore real quick, which is Dallas plus eight and a half. Uh, looks like it's just a little bit towards Dallas, but Lamar Jackson coming back. Uh, Mark Andrews not coming back. Total 45 and a half. Do you feel any type of way about this game? Um, I mean, if I was taking a side, I'd definitely lean towards Baltimore at this point. I definitely don't feel great about it. I have kind of been looking for spots to buy into Baltimore because I do think they're going to turn it on here just a little bit at some point. Yeah, figure it out. Something else. I mean, Dallas isn't really playing for anything at this point in time. Um, Green line definitely leans against me. So that's probably why I'm just going to sit it out and avoid the game. But I do think it's going to be probably slower paced. So if I had to take a side, I'd probably lean towards the under. Um, But I'm not really too comfortable probably buying in to Dallas at eight and a half, which is, you know, maybe the only viable play you can do at this point in time. Yeah, let me Two. remind you, uh, how many other NFL games are being played at this time? Do you know? Zero. So you got, we got the prop king, though. Give us some player prop action. I mean, here. you're gonna have to you're gonna have to tune in, you know, live <laughs> for that. Um, the uh, the Andy Dalton in prime time thing is a thing. You've been warned. All right. Uh, next Thursday is Patriots Rams, and this is one of my favorites. Um, total 44 and a half. The New England Patriots staying in Los Angeles, playing in Los Angeles for a second straight week against a Rams team that was very impressive against the Arizona Cardinals. The Patriots are six-point underdogs. In fact, it's juiced towards the Rams. Might get uh, back out to six and a half, which is, I believe where it was last night. Um, can you explain this to me? Because I, I quite honestly just do not understand it. I think the market has basically been just a little bit higher on the Rams than we have been all season, mainly due to how um, we've seen Jared Goff through our grading system, I would say. So I think from that perspective, we've always leaned against the Rams. Um, Hmm. I do think they're probably not that, you know, where they're sitting at in the NFC West, I don't think that's necessarily where they're going to finish at. I do like Cam Newton. We liked him last week quite a bit. Uh, He definitely rewarded us. So I do think six, six and a half is definitely a viable play from the Patriots side. Um, I do think, you know, I do think Patriots are kind of locked in at this point. And I also kind of think um, in saying that the Rams are were kind of lower on than the market, I do think that we're kind of higher on the Patriots than the market at this point. Mm-hmm. I do think that's probably the correct lead as well. So, Yeah, the I believe the look ahead for this was three, three and a half. So yeah. pretty significant move off of one game against an injured Kyler Murray. I, I just, 
plus the we talked about this with Herbert against the Patriots. We saw what he did against the Dolphins. It wasn't pretty. We've seen what Jared Goff has done against Bill Belichick's defense. Like it's right. not it, it's not a pretty thing. I understand this defense isn't um, as stacked as it was in the Super Bowl, but uh, it's still Bill Belichick who's the one scheming it up. And I have no doubt, zero doubt in my mind that Bill Belichick is going to confuse Jared Goff. Like there's just right. no doubt about it. I'm sorry, but when the when the communication between Sean McVay and Jared Goff shuts down. Jared Goff is going to be very terrified because he knows that whatever he's looking at, whatever Sean McVay was looking at, is probably not what he's getting. So uh, I, that's I think that's my favorite one, my favorite side of the week. So I'll let you take me to the next game. All right, let's go in um, a game that I really like at this point: Texans Bears. I do have we have basically gone back to Deshaun Watson uh, for the past three weeks. I do think that they probably should have won that game. Last week, of course, they had the fumble towards the score line at the end of the game, but I think still at one and a half points, there's no way that I'm really going to be buying into the Bears, um, you know, at anything less than the field goal favorites. I do think the Texans, even if they are at one and a half, um, I do think that they're probably a viable play here against Mr. Trubisky. Uh, the Bears are kind of in a free fall, haven't got rid of Matt Nagy yet. Something's obviously got to change at some point, so I do think that uh, Watson's probably going to play well, even on the road, and kind of cover against the Bears at this point in time. Are you leaning in that direction, or is this a spot you're probably just uh, sitting out? You know, I, I'm obviously concerned that Deshaun Watson doesn't have Will Fuller. That that being said, the Chicago Bears just lost to the Detroit Lions. It's in not, heartbreaking fashion. In heartbreaking fashion. But I think they're getting a little bit of credit for putting up points against the Detroit Lions, and I'm not sure you really should. Um, so this is a dramatically, dramatically better quarterback in Deshaun Watson. Right. And um, I forget who pointed this out to me. It might have been uh, it was probably Eric or uh, Austin, one of the two, that you know Chicago passed up on Mahomes. They also passed up on Watson. Right. So you figure Deshaun Watson um, is not a guy that, that forgets those things. And he was really pissed off at the end of that game. You know, he, he was the one that fumbled away what could have been a victory for them against the Colts. I anticipate that he comes out guns blazing. I'm with you on that side of things. It certainly worries me that Will Fuller is not there, but I was more worried about it last week. I think they'll have figured out a few things right. with another I thought, week. Yeah. Practice. I thought Kiki Kuti looked pretty uh, decent filling in, mm -hmm. at least in that reserve spot. I did he think did. Jordan Atkins would be a little bit more involved. He's ran a lot of routes. Uh, they just haven't necessarily connected. So I don't know. I kind of want to worry about Deshaun Watson, you know, and the weapons around him, even in the offseason, wondering what was going to happen if Will Fuller missed some time. But he's just a guy that continues to uh, kind of be productive without, with, you know, whatever is basically around him at this point in time. So I do definitely buy into him and his quarterback ability and his ability to find the open receiver and actually get through. So I, I kind of like Kiki Kuti a little bit too as well. Eric's kind of turned me on to him uh, previously, and I'm glad he's kind of getting a second opportunity here, which is nice. So Yeah, I mean, injuries have always been kind of is his issue right right so hopefully he can stay healthy that seems to be a trend with um houston receivers although maybe he got the same uh treatments that will fuller did and he'll stay healthy until he gets caught what is your feeling on the titans the titans are in jacksonville they're seven and a half point favorites uh although juiced a little bit towards uh jacksonville so tennessee minus seven and a half minus 105 total 53 are you are, are you downgrading the Titans a lot, a little, or not at all based on what happened against Cleveland? 
Yeah, I, I'm not really going to downgrade him at all. Um, maybe a little bit, but again, it goes back to the kind of that one week uh, sample size. I don't really want to, um, you know, knock them too much for that one performance. And they did kind of, they obviously got down really quickly. I think Baker Mayfield was, you know, fire, especially to start the game. I was kind of impressed with the way that they were able to battle back. Um, I do think that if they have more of that offensive mentality where they're not relying on Derrick Henry, that makes them an even more dangerous team. So I did kind of like to see that from them. So I'm not really downgrading them. I do think seven and a half. Uh, it's obviously a reduced number. Nine and a half was the look headline. So I don't mind buying into it. I would maybe consider buying that half point down to seven if I wanted to back the Titans. Uh, but I do think that they're a really good teaser leg this week as well. So Yeah, that's actually a good point. Um, you have the Titans at seven and a half. And then you also have the Packers. Uh, yeah, so I see seven and a half. I guess you, there there might be an eight out there too. Um, but on Bet Online, it's actually uh, seven and a half minus one hundred five for the Packers. Um, and that's one where I they may not be getting as and this is hard to say enough credit for beating the Eagles. Right. <laughs> but the the game was close because Jalen Hurts came in and there's a little bit of an unknown. And he actually had um, like coherent thoughts running through his brain, right. where Carson Wentz just hasn't had that going on in, in, in quite some time. Right. I and so you know that they probably with Carson Wentz staying in that game, they probably win thirty to three, and instead Philly almost you know has a chance there at the end. The the Detroit Lions are are not good. We know that Aaron Rodgers owns the Detroit Lions. Simple fact. I just have kind of thought that the Packers are going to. Or that team that beats up on bad teams. Um, you may not want to feel confident about them against another good team, but against a team like the Lions, who are certainly bad, Aaron Rodgers. It, the other thing is that we haven't seen Aaron Rodgers play this well in like three years. And I, I think maybe it's help, you're getting some um, extra advantage there because people are maybe a little hesitant. Like they're not understanding right. how good he is playing. And um, the Detroit Lions have nobody, nobody that is covering or coming close to covering Devontae Adams. Yeah, I definitely agree with all of that, basically. I do think, you know, looking at our numbers heading into this past week, we would have this closer to like a 10-point spread. So I do mm-hmm. think you're getting a little bit of value um, on the Packers at this point. And like you said, uh, they didn't necessarily blow out the Eagles. I think Jalen Hurts definitely changed the narrative, but also the Eagles had that punt return for a touchdown, which made the game a lot closer than what people expected. But I think the Packers were kind of on pace to blow out the Eagles until Jalen Hurts came in, led that touchdown drive, uh, you know, punt return touchdown made it a lot closer those sorts of things they actually did get a stop on Aaron Rodgers when they probably needed to you know score to finish out the game or at least get you know a sustainable drive so from that perspective I think the market's probably you know not necessarily buying into the Packers as much so it makes me uh, more willing to at this point in time but I've been probably a little bit higher on the Packers uh in general probably throughout the whole season so um I don't mind the spot for him I do think like you touched on it's a good teaser leg at this point definitely a good number so my favorite teaser like though uh, of this slate is the Kansas City Chiefs returning to the scene of the crime in Miami where sadly my my Niners blew a 10 point lead uh, but the Dolphins here seven and a half point underdogs Kansas City wins a close game against Denver and people uh, the same people that thought the Steelers were destined to go undefeated look at that score and go oh that's not good. The Chiefs, you know, clearly have lost a step. When you watch that game, though, Mahomes is brilliant. Um, Tyreek Hill has a deep touchdown that 
just no one notices they should challenge. Um, they made it up to the goal line and then Andy Reid did some wonky things and every once in a while those things aren't gonna, gonna work. Um, and the Dolphins defense is one that is gonna work against most QBs. Patrick Mahomes, not most quarterbacks, right? Like if there is a team that is going to punish you for running cover zero a bunch, it's gonna be Patrick Mahomes and those receivers who can get downfield in, in the blink of an eye. Um, so in a, in a week where I think maybe people are doubting the Chiefs a little bit and the Steelers just lost and then are playing the Bills, this might be an opportunity for them to come out and actually win a game big, but I really like it as a teaser down to one and a half. Right, yeah, I'm definitely with you on that. We haven't necessarily seen you know a solid performance from Tua yet, so asking him to keep pace with Patrick McCombs, which is you know that's a lot. The only way that you're really going to beat the Chiefs at this yeah. point in time, yeah, is a pretty big ask. So um, I think you know I would make this number definitely a little bit higher at this point. I do think the market has definitely warmed up to the Dolphins. Uh, they kind of have turned into a little bit of a public team, especially since Tua has been starting. Um, they covered a lot earlier in the season as well, so I think people have continued to go back to the well, well with them, which has kind of you know deflated some of these spreads that they've been up against. So um, I'm definitely with you on that. Teaser is good. I don't mind them outright either at this point in time. It's kind of getting to the point where we know where teams are ranked so you're going to need to mm -hmm. lay some decent numbers you know if you want to get action down on those teams which uh, you kind of decide to be comfortable doing you know as we head towards the latter half of the season but i do think teasers are probably the correct approach as we move into territory where we get you know a lot more efficient lines at this point in time yeah this week is particularly ripe with teaser opportunities right um and here are a couple more uh colts raiders in vegas Raiders obviously get gifted uh, a Greg Double G Williams special. <laughs> Just an absolute gift. I have a couple of theories, a couple of conspiracy theories. Um, is it Woody Johnson that owns the Jets? Yeah. Uh, may or may not have wired into Greg Williams' headset and said, there is a large suitcase of cash. It is in your car. Um, you will get fired for this, but it is going to be worth it please make sure someone is wide open on this play. Right. Um, th the other one is that John Gruden is going to hire Greg Williams as a special advisor and he's going to get to live in Vegas and that's secretly what he's wanted this whole time. Um, I have many conspiracy theories. My conspiracy theory, none of them contain the, I was trying to win the football game, so right. I thought that a cover zero blitz was the best way to do it. That is not one of them. Um, so the Raiders win it should probably feel a little hollow. They're two and a half point underdogs now at home to the Colts. I, I have this sneaking suspicion that the Raiders wheels are coming off. Right, right. Um, I definitely agree with you at that. I kind of liked them a few weeks ago. I feel like the wheels have maybe already come off them a little bit at this point in time. Um, I am with you. The end of the game play is weird. I just don't know if it was as much Greg Williams' fault as it was Lamar Jackson's fault. Because I feel like you have to understand, you know, have some situational awareness as far as, like, where you're at at the end of the football game where you just basically can't get beat deep, right? I mean, are you going to assign the whole blame to Greg Williams at this point in time? Or is there some... You know, understand. Are you asking me if the there game? was also cash in Lamar Jackson's car? Yeah, I mean, is he also out the door on the way on his way to Vegas at this point in time? Or Maybe not? he so. and Greg Williams currently on the way to Cabo. <laughs> Am I jealous? Yes. Maybe. I'd also be jealous if they're on the way to Vegas. So, right, right. 
which we might be here soon. We'll uh, look, we don't want to tell anybody. We don't want to give anything away. But Christmas in Vegas <laughs> after your slaughter in college DFS this weekend, um, it's looking it's looking promising. Let's it's, say that it's it's looking bright. Vegas bright. So yeah, as long as Eric doesn't bring his dog, <laughs> I'm totally cool with with everything. <laughs> um, oh here is. Uh, the other game I was thinking about from a teaser perspective, which is Tampa Bay laying six and a half against the Minnesota Vikings. Six at, at six and a half, I actually like the Vikings a little bit if I had to pick a side. Um, but I could see Tampa Bay as a potential teaser. I'm curious if you. So this is where I'm torn. I have every belief that their talent and Tom Brady are better than the results have been. Mm-hmm. But similar to the Titans, I keep convincing myself that Tampa Bay will watch film of Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette just like plodding into the Earth's mantle on every first down run and decide, oh yeah, maybe it's not the greatest that we gain two yards on first down. Maybe we should throw the ball. And that... Um, <laughs> that would really be unfortunate because that would make them a, a worse football team. Whereas I keep expecting them to improve there. What's your take on the box? Yeah. I mean, I'm with you on that. It's just, I feel like they got Bruce Arians, like in general has gotten a lot less aggressive in his play calling hmm. than he was last I agree. year. Even yeah. Um, with, you know, Jameis Winston, which obviously a flame is out there doing what he does. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Maybe he thought that was the only way he could win. It seems like he's relying a lot more on his defense uh, to kind of win football games for him. But their offense improved dramatically, so I don't really understand why that is, you know, his overall mentality. Um, So that's what makes me nervous. Coming out of the bye, I do think it's kind of baked in a little bit. I do think we're at minus 6.5 with juice. We could get to 7 here uh, for the Vikings, but I don't know. The Vikings have been a team that I've basically been wrong on last year. I think that was... Uh, wrong on all year I think last week uh, I thought they were going to cover against the Jaguars you and Eric were both against me that was you know one spot that I was kind of wrong on so I'm just not really seeing uh, them right I should have basically been fading them at the whole season so this is a spot where I'm probably just avoiding though I do have a lot of uh, season win total futures um, <laughs> on both sides of this game so I do actually really need the Bucks to win from that perspective so I might just let those ride out here and uh, kind of Take it easy on this game. I think it's kind of my spot. So okay. Uh, last one uh, that I wanted to ask you about: the Eagles are a seven-point underdog at home to Taysom Hill and the Saints. I mean, so the best quarterback of the game definitely Jalen Hurts. <laughs> I definitely agree with you on that. Thank you. Um, seven Thank points. You. Uh, I think it's a lot. Honestly, I kind of like the Eagles here at this point in time. I know I didn't. I don't know. But last week the Saints. Falcons game was not only weird, but the line was also kind of really weird. It kind of hung on that three number the whole week, which I think if you were at minus three for the Saints, that was probably a spot for them. Three and a half is more a spot for the Falcons. Falcons had a shot there at the end to mm-hmm. uh, win the game outright. So I'm not, I don't know. I don't really necessarily put the Saints um, as the second best team in the NFL. The problem <laughs> is that I don't really know who I'd put behind, you know, yeah, in front of them at this, them? this point in time. So, um, but I think it's just maybe one of those the Browns. Where I, yeah, maybe the Browns, maybe the Browns. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm still I'm still fading the Saints, so I kind of like the Eagles here, especially if they're starting Jalen Hurts at quarterback. I would like to get that news official before I locked in a bet. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I wouldn't I, bet on Carson Wentz uh, if you gave me 14 <laughs> points. Right, right. 
so yeah but i'm with you on the eagles with you on jalen hurts at this point um i think you know i think they could be a little sneaky here i think they're definitely better than what they played outside of carson wentz at this point in time so um, i'm kind of interested to see how hurts performs here um against a pretty decent defense at this point yeah jalen rager looks rejuvenated now that after three years he's finally got a quarterback with <laughs> a little bit of accuracy which um is nice for him because he can actually get down the football field and we saw that in in that game i'm torn here because i am not super excited about doug peterson and what he's doing with that team i think a little bit of the wentz thing has to be placed on peterson the fact that they've like held on to him for this long um which i think is a little ridiculous and sean payton is just such a wizard and that team is so complete but it's really weird with Taysom Hill in there there's just there's an element of the offense that is missing and it's the fact that Drew Brees is so quick with making decisive accurate throws and they're now more of a well we've got to like take some shots and like hope you know and that really mitigates uh it mitigates Alvin Kamara a decent amount um but it also doesn't take advantage of kind of the best attributes of the receivers either right like Michael Thomas's best attribute is the fact that he wins with his great route running in the short and intermediate levels of the field and it just it does not feel as Sean Payton as you know it, it obviously does with Drew Brees so um I don't know I, I I am torn I think if push came to shove though I have to ride with Jalen Hurts the best quarterback Can't ride with it yeah that's gonna be a good spot it'll be fun here I got I have to ask you about this one game okay it is going to be really weird. I don't know how it's going to play, but Falcons Chargers two oh, and a half. Is that just a spot that you can't even stomach? Like considering <sighs> at this point in time, it's going to be a disaster. In how the could you at this point for twenty twenty? How could you bet on either the Chargers or the Falcons? <laughs> I you know? know it's just I don't know which one is more like the Falcons at this point because right. the Falcons have been doing this for years, but since like 2016, 2017, yeah, at least you know I. I do think that um, that the team likes Anthony Lynn and they're going to play hard for him. You know, it's the anti-Patricia thing, the opposite. But, man, I, I just – I think the only option that I like here would be maybe teasing the Chargers out to eight and a half. Right. And I still don't even think I'd feel good about doing no, that either at this point. Absolutely so. <laughs> not. Absolutely not. Um Cool, man. Well, let's do some prize picks here. I will remind everyone as I pull up prizepicks.com that uh, if you are not reading Ben Brown's betting and DFS content, you're just doing it wrong. So um, you should go make that happen on pff.com. And um, you're probably listening to this on December December 8th, which means the Cyber 40 sale technically is closed. I don't know. You could go try it. You can see if it works. I'm just saying. we love our loyal listeners here on the right. Tuesday edition of the Daily Betting Podcast. So you know, we'll see. I, I don't have I any. I get a hookup. I don't have any control. Over it. I don't have any control. Over it. Um, but uh, we'll see. Anyways, PrizePicks.com. You get to parlay anywhere between two and four players and pick whether they go over or under their fantasy point projection. If you get uh, all of them right, you get a certain multiplier of your bet. So if you get all four, uh, you pick four players. You get all four. You get ten x your uh wager um let's see here so we've got a little dallas baltimore let me start with a player who i think is going to be heavily featured in this game 
And that is Devin Duvernay. Just have a little bit of a hunch. I think he's one of their more explosive players. I think he gets a few carries. Um, it's kind of a gutsy pick. I think he's projected, let's see, at 6.8 points. 6.8? I don't know. I've just got a little feeling. I did not I did not think when I heard that D come out of your mouth that that was who you were going to say <laughs> uh, from the Baltimore Ravens. I thought you were for sure going Des Bryant. Fading Des Bryant. Buying into the narrative, you know, I, revenge narrative at this point. But There's no, there's, I mean, you're, if you've watched Des Bryant over the past couple of weeks, <laughs> like, I, I really like Des Bryant. I've always really liked Des Bryant. It's kind of tough, tough one to watch. Right, right. So I hear you on that. It's tough to it's tough to lay anything on down on him. Spot that I am kind of fading a little bit. Amari Cooper under thirteen mm-hmm. fantasy points. Um, I would probably lean more towards Michael Gallup. He's not actually an option for Price Picks, but I do think uh, you know he could see. Our projections right now have him seen a decent amount of Marcus Peters. I think that uh, he could see a little bit more Jimmy Smith than what we project at this point in time. Of course, that move. Uh, Amari Cooper around the formation quite a bit but I think he's probably going to have a little bit of a quiet game in general and I kind of like Lamar Jackson over 20 fantasy points like I said trying to buy into the Baltimore Ravens at this point uh, we'll see if I can do that after Tuesday night if they let me down one more time I don't know if I can uh, stomach <laughs> handling that anymore but we'll see so uh, here is the player uh, look I want to fade Andy Dalton he's 16 I would fade him, and uh, the picture of Ezekiel Elliott on Prize Picks has him with like the two um, the like pigtails. I don't know what you call those, uh, man bun, man buns, dual things? man yeah, buns. I, let's just call it what, what they look like. They look like balls. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm fading him. I'm fading the nose ring. I'm fading the feed me tattoo. I'm fading the fact that he has no offensive line and he's just a very average running back. And so at 13.9 points, I could not possibly go over that. Um, that is on prizepicks.com. You should go check it out. It is a, uh, a great place to play and uh, you can use a um, little promo code PFF, I believe there. I'm actually not sure, but you know what? Just ride with it. Just go with it. Have some fun. Uh, speaking of having fun, the Bills just scored. They're now up 24 to 10. Uh, it's beautiful because um, yeah, we have uh, Buffalo minus two and a half was the lock of the week, and we also have the Niners on an eight and a half point teaser. So and Devin Singletary got over his reception yards when I wasn't even watching. Yes, Thank he did. You. Devin Singletary I did, was, baby. <laughs> I was tilting when he went down like the first play of the game. I was like, God damn it, he's not coming back for sure. And then here we go. Things are turning around. Steelers lost. This is our night tonight, George. I it, love it. It really is. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, and we'll just close out with this. Steelers fans, I really, my heart breaks for you. Uh, I know you're not listening to this at this point because you're drunk and crying and you're smelly sofas. But you know what? It's okay. Uh, ben, be well, brother. Thank you. Thank you.